Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'd let him take me down and end it. Little flip to Pollard. Got some space out there. Gets a block. Breaks a tackle. First down and more. Pollard up to the 40. Third and four. Blitz coming. Prescott throws backwards and intercepted. Jenkins has another one. Racing down the sidelines. Rayshon Jenkins is going to win it. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? The only thing I was got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. Wow, how about that one? Cowboys fans, never a dull moment when it comes to your Dallas Cowboys, not even when they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. And in the end, it's the Golden Boy, Trevor Lawrence's team, who gets it done. Welcome back to About Them Cowboys. I'm Kent, back in the saddle in the producer chair and welcoming you and joined by three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We've got Saad Yusuf from The Athletic, from The Athletic in glorious Duval County right now, John Mashoda, and of course, from 97.1 The Freak, the man from the speakeasy to lead us through. It's KT. Welcome back, KT. Hello, Kent. Uh, good to see you. And uh, John and Sod as well. Sod out there. I mean, John out there in Jacksonville. And uh, man, I don't know. I, I'm a little confused and conflicted on this one. Maybe I, I'll have a better feel of it in two days. Never at one point did I think the Cowboys were going to lose that game. And even when they had the ball, 31-27, and needed to go score. And they go move the ball and go score. Fine. And then the offense is actually moving the ball pretty well in overtime, right? I mean, you have the big Tony Pollard play and then just bad luck. And I don't know. So there's a lot to unpack here, and we will do that for you here on About Them Cowboys. John, let's go to you in a press box in Jacksonville. Uh, what the hell, man? That one was concerning. Um, you know, just leaving the locker room a little while ago, all the players, Mike McCarthy, they're all saying the right things, you know, that, you know, they're on to Philadelphia and that you know, every team's a good team in this league and they didn't overlook the draft. That's fine. This, this is the first game this season where I've really been like, mm, this shows signs of where I don't know. I don't necessarily look at them now as the same way I did coming into this game as, you know, one of the top teams in the league as good of a chance to reach Arizona for the Super Bowl uh, as anyone. I just, Philadelphia is playing on a different level now, of course, Dallas can play well in that game and whatever. Philly's still going to win the division and get home home field throughout. So if you have to play Philly again, it, it will most certainly now will be in Philadelphia. It's just There were a lot of things in that game that were concerning. Obviously, you know, Dak in the first half, the way he was playing, you were like, man, you can tell like he's really overcoming 
uh, some of the issues he's had earlier in the year, particularly with the interceptions, and then boom, interception happens. And then obviously at the end of the game, not saying that last interception was on him, but hey, let's be honest, when you look at the stats, and I forgot what it, what it was exactly, it's since week eight, I believe, he's got more interceptions than any quarterback in the league. So, you know, uh, other quarterbacks have bad luck too and tip passes and things like that. This is concerning. Go to the other side of the ball. Again, running, weren't really doing a great job stopping the run. Uh, Kelvin Joseph wasn't doing a great job playing DB. They're bringing in Nashon Wright. I don't know how confident you feel that he's going to be the answer over there. Clearly, this team misses Anthony Brown. Clearly, this team misses Jordan Lewis. And I just, even when, you know, J. Ron Curse came up with that big, you know, fumble that Micah recovered there late in regulation. And that surprised me because I, just the way the Jags were going up and down the field there in the second half, I was like, I don't think they're even going to stop them right now. And to get that stop, I thought that was going to be the, the game winner. Of course, the offense doesn't get a first down, gives the ball right back. Jags end up getting a field goal going to overtime. Uh, I'm just, this is a very concerning loss. Middle of December, this is when you're supposed to be playing your best football. This team is not playing their best football. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with most of that sentiment. I, I think I'm a little bit less on the scale of concerning, only because for me, when I look at the first half and when I look at all the good things Dak has done, and I know Dak is very, for some reason, for whatever reason, is, is very polarizing um, for, for some Cowboys fans. But when I look at it, I think when it's most concerning for me is, for example, the run defense, where they don't really show you that they can do they, that they can really do something with Dak. Like the interceptions, like yeah, it's concerning, but like he's shown you that he can do the other stuff as well. So it's more about having to calibrate and cut things down and and kind of do things like that. Whereas the run defense and the cornerback position. Like I, that's where I'm very concerned about them. I'm honestly not very concerned about Dak. Um, I'm not very concerned about the offense in general. I think I'm like mildly concerned. I think if they don't cut back on the turnovers, it's obviously going to cost them against even better teams, which you know it cost them against Jacksonville. But I think I'm mostly concerned about the defense. I, I, I like in terms of the cornerback position and the run defense are the two things that I'm mostly concerned about. The interceptions, like. You know, it's not great, but I do think that if you're Dak and you've shown you he was, what, 15 for 16 in the first half and was was dealing, like, I think if you can find a way to calibrate and and really, you know, uh, just kind of, like, I don't know, not be conservative, but just kind of restrict yourself a little bit, you can do that because you've shown that you can do that, whereas the defense has not shown they can do it. So, so two of the, you know, three starting cornerbacks this year are gone, and... Today was the first day where it was on, I think, full display how problematic that could be. And Deron Bland's uh, had a big interception. He, uh, I think today was the first day. I think, he, I think he had a solid day overall. But there was a first time where you could see him get beat a couple times. Kelvin Joseph, he got bodied up more than once. I mean, the Marvin Jones touchdown, that, that was very concerning because a guy just basically pushed you around and said, you don't belong in the NFL right now. Um Zay Jones eating your defense alive. Well, what this is going to do is create well, a, more of a situation where the Cowboys can't play a lot of man coverage anymore because they can't trust the guy on the other side of the field from Trayvon Diggs. And that really changes a lot of how their defense is going to play. But again, I don't know, you know, when the game's 27 to 10 and Maher drains that field goal, you know, sitting there going, oh, just uh, pretty good here. And then you just come up and give a 60 yard bomb. You know, right over the top on Kelvin, Kelvin Joseph. There we are. And that's where when, you know, sometimes like I thought I always felt it. I don't know if it's true or not. I felt a fan base that was kind of harder on Anthony Brown than they probably should have been. 
I always felt that. And then it's like, well, it'd be nice to have Anthony Brown out there. Not saying he would not never give up a 60-yard pass, but that just set the tone of this game's not over. And, you know, really, really good teams just go ahead and end it right there when it's 27-10 and there's not a lot of time left. Now, the, the other part that's very conflicting for me today, though, is we just saw the Chiefs go to overtime with the Texans and get the ball first in overtime and nearly lose. The Eagles were messing around with Chicago all game long. So, you know, there's that. But I do agree with you. Like, everything's there. I don't think the interception is like a clear-cut thing. But the numbers do speak for themselves. And this is why, again, I think why T.Y. Hilton is, well, here and inactive today. And why, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is still being courted to some extent. Because this team sure does rely a lot on Noah Brown. And Noah Brown's okay, but you can do better. And I think that's where we kind of end up in this kind of weird spot of, well, who are our weapons? Well, CeeDee Lamb had a huge day. I thought Tony Pollard had a really good uh, good day. But then what else? Okay, Peyton Hendershot's going to make one catch a month, uh, one uh, one big touchdown catch a, a month or something like that. So that's where I think things get very confusing for me. It just doesn't seem as much of a full arsenal as maybe what you know, the Eagles are offering, as we as we know, and even Minnesota, you know, at times they can show you. And I know they had a weird one yesterday. And I'm talking in circles here because I don't feel like the Cowboys played bad today. I thought the offense was good. I, they were about to go win the, week, win the game against a good team who's been playing well. And they just, the, Noah Brown didn't catch it. But the defense, well, that's something completely different because I don't know how they're going to cover anyone. Yeah, and, and I'm not just judging this off of just today. I would never do that off of just one loss. It's the way they've been yeah, playing as a whole recently. And I also take Kansas City a little bit out of the equation with the Houston game because they've been there and done that. I know what Patrick Mahomes is going to do in the postseason. I know he's going to keep me in every single game. With the Dallas Cowboys, I know that they have to be playing their best ball as a team going into the playoffs if they're going to do something that hasn't been done in franchise in this franchise's history since 1995, and that's to get deep into the playoffs. They have not done that. And so for me to believe that they're going to do that, I need to see some different stuff than I've seen in previous seasons from the Dallas Cowboys. And instead, I'm seeing things that I've seen in the past from the Dallas Cowboys, the stuff that makes people on on those sports talk shows on, on your favorite you know, sports networks talk about how it's always something with the Dallas Cowboys. I just saw a little too much of that today, you know, and, and, and I agree with you that the Jags are a better team than probably what their record says they are, especially with the way that they're playing right now. I, I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a long time. Uh, um, but there's just, at this point in the season, you have to take care of business when you have the lead that they have. And you cannot give that up. I don't care where you're playing at. And certainly it didn't matter because you were playing here. This was a Cowboys home game. But it just, it's just one of those, it was just, again, if, if the Cowboys were a team that had, has, had accomplished what Kansas City's accomplished in the last few years, I would chalk this up to like, hey man, once the playoffs start, we know. But but they haven't, and and I and, and this team just the way I'm, I'm telling you right now, from what I saw today and what I've seen over the last few weeks, makes me think it's going to be the same thing as last year. You know, depending on the matchup in the first round, maybe they win that game. But as soon as they play San Francisco or Philadelphia in the postseason on the road, they're probably going home. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, when you talk about that track record, it's the same thing throughout the, whether you look at, you know, if they have to play Tampa in the first round, for example. I mean, if they're playing like this and Tom Brady's at home in the playoffs, 
I mean, I, I, I know what Tampa's looked like all season long, but and, and I probably still expect the Cowboys to win that game, but I, it's no slam dunk when because of Side. their track record. So. Side. What if it what if it was the exact apples to apples as this game? They get that same lead, and then they just start eh, a little bit, little bit, giving Tom Brady some life. Dak throws that interception. To me, that, that interception was just lighter fluid on all of it. And you do that to Tom Brady, and even though that, again, I don't even look at that Bucks team like it's anything great. You do that to Tom Brady, the Bucks are winning this game in regulation. It ain't even going overtime. Yeah. You know, and I let's can we talk about a specific situation in the game? Because it ended up playing out and being very important. And that was the Cowboys have the ball and it is third and ten. And in a situation where they're leading 34 to 31. Um, and Jacksonville, they, they could have made Jacksonville use their last timeout. Third and ten, they end up calling they're trying to get a first down by throwing it, and it's an incomplete pass down the field. And Jacksonville's able to pocket a timeout. Then when Jacksonville gets the ball, we have a play that gets reviewed, Evan Ingram getting out of bounds, and it was the correct call. I mean, he got out of bounds. So um, they were able to keep that timeout, and that helped them to go, you make a field goal to send the game to overtime. Did you have a problem with them throwing the ball in third and 10 there? Uh, Would you rather them? I did not. I'm not trying. I just saw the way that the Cowboys defense was playing. I saw how Trevor Lawrence was playing. Go, Go and try and get that first down. Um and and to be honest with you, like even going in overtime, right before Dak's interception, uh, the pick six at the air, uh, I really thought that Dallas had the advantage when they were on offense, like that they were going to go down and score. So yeah, even on third and ten, I, I was just I felt like even if you don't pick up all ten, maybe you get nine yards. Maybe you think uh, about maybe going for it on fourth down. I'm not saying that they would have, but you never know. Like I don't, I trusted their offense at that point. I don't I don't hate the call, but to your point for bringing it up. I can see where people would argue like, Hey, just run the ball again, get your two yards, three yards, and then just, you know, force them to use a timeout and punt the ball. I, I, I get all of that, but um, I didn't, that particular call and going for that, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with it either. And I think, you know, we've talked about it before. Sometimes you measure these things by how you're, how the other side of the ball is playing as well. When the defense is giving up big chunks, like I'd rather try to end the game on third and 10 than, because you know that Jacksonville has the capability to hit those 50, 60. Like that one timeout may not have mattered. I mean, it ended up mattering, but maybe Jacksonville plays that entire sequence differently if they don't have a timeout, right? So I don't think that that mattered. And also, I don't think that uh, that the play call was... I don't think the play was terrible either. Um, like you, you could have done a few different things, but I think at the end what Dak was doing was giving his receiver a chance to either catch the ball or draw a pass interference and, you know, one way or the other... I, again, you could have done something better, but there's no. I don't think there's a golden play for third and ten in that situation. I agree a hundred percent, and I, I, it's the same type of thing that if you do hand it off and they take the timeout and and then you know they get the ball with no timeouts, it's, it feels like the same type of thing that Garrett would have got gotten killed for. This team is aggressive; yeah. like they're going to be aggressive, and that's okay. Uh, I want them to be aggressive. I think some of Dak's interceptions have been. Because he has been too aggressive, the the play today. I mean, Schultz was open and he just air melded it. I, you know, Dak, you know, is allowed to make a bad throw or two a game. Hey, okay. KT, on that point, <laughs> I know real quick, no one wants to hear that, but like on that point, real quick, I, I just want to stop you real quick because it ties in with both what you and Sad are talking mm-hmm. about. Um, so that aggressiveness from Dak and the offense is because it's not just about the offense. It is the complimentary football because they want on defense. That's been the whole thing all year. 
We want to score points because we want you to have to score points. So you have to sit there and you have to drop back and pass because when you have to drop back and pass, that's when we have Lawrence pin his ears back and Micah Parsons and you have to face our daunted pass rush. Now, the issue with all of that is where is that daunting pass rush? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's it. So on both sides of it, you playing super aggressive like that, like, I don't know the, the, the defense I saw out here today, like, I don't think Trevor Lawrence had a ton of problems if you wanted to go super aggressive there. And that is supposed to be, that's what this team is built on. This Cowboys team is built to, we're going to throw the ball because we want you to throw the ball. And we believe that we, our guys in the back end can take the ball away and we can get pressure on you and cause, cause issues there. And it's not just on the pass rush. It's the fact that you don't have Anthony Brown. You don't have Jordan Lewis. And I'm not saying that they were this huge, these huge playmakers, but they were, they were solid veterans that knew where to be. They give up a play here or there, but it, it wasn't like where we are right now where Yes, Deron Bland has really stepped up, totally exceeded expectations. We know Trayvon Diggs is an all-pro you know, level player. But that other cornerback spot is as big of a question mark as it's been in Dallas in a long time. I can't even think of the last time I looked at the le- this. Well, I guess it's your second outside corner spot. I felt like this, this way about it. Because for all you want to say about Anthony Brown, they would pay a lot of money to have Anthony Brown right now. Those, those are the two plays. I mean, it was... It is two plays that really swung this game. Okay, and then you get to overtime, you can really pin pin down the one big play, right, that swung the game. But the 60-yard bomb to Zay Jones, right after you made it 27-10, changes everything. Then you get the ball back. And Dak was just trying to make a play there. I mean, I, I you know, I don't know. He had taken a sack, so it's second and 18. So, all right, that's another thing. You're trying to – it's not like the Cowboys came out, they were up 27-10, then gave up the booty, and it's 27-17, and just like, well, it's okay, we're going to start working the clock here. No, we're in the middle of the third quarter here. Like, there was a lot of time left. He, that gets sacked in the first place, second 18, he escapes. Schultz was open. He airmails it, interception, and, we're, and it's game on again. But, you know, can we maybe and make... that was a huge, huge Can play we make Jacksonville game. earn it when they're down 17, 27-10? No, the third play of that drive, they bombski. Because, you know, Kelvin Joseph doesn't look like an NFL player right now. So, uh, and I don't know, that that might be harsh. And we talked about how we couldn't really probably learn much last week when he was playing against Amari Rodgers and Chris Moore and the Texans' vaunted offense. Well, you're going to find out this week. And we talked about it, and we found out. It's bad yeah. news right now. I, I, think, I think one of two things. Like, one, with Kelvin Joseph, you got to do something schematically. If he's all you have and, like, and, and you don't have any options, you have to do something schematically to change it up. Like, I mean, I, I understand when that, when that, you know, long touchdown came and, and I, and I get like, you know, maybe you make the adjustments after that. They did take him out and put Nation right in. So obviously they, they, they did react to that. But, you know, I go back to that third and seven. Remember that third and seven that, uh, Dallas had and CD Lamb was in the slot and everyone knew CD Lamb was going to get the ball and Jacksonville straight up double teamed him. And Dak mm-hmm. had to roll out, ran for like a yard, and they punted the ball. Like schematically, then you have to change things because CeeDee Lamb was eating them up. So they brought the safety down and doubled him right away. And that's literally the only place Dak was trying to go with the ball. So I think schematically, you have to do some things different to kind of cover for that second corner position. Yeah, and it could be one of those things where this week in practice, we see some Trayvon Mullins, some Mackenzie Alexander, some Kendall Sheffield. I mean, if those guys aren't out there at this point, then I'm I, I don't even have answers for you because I don't know what they're going to do then. I mean, I didn't think Nashawn Wright was was awful or anything when he when he had to come in, but I don't know how much they trust him to be the out, other outside corner. You know, the idea that you'd be going into the playoffs with Trayvon Diggs, Deron Bland, and Nashawn Wright, I, I, I don't think that they love that idea. 
And, and that, that's, I think, another story is that the injuries have finally caught up. Uh, caught Absolutely. Up. And and to see, like, we were seeing progress. I know we're talking defense, but we'll just get this out of the way. We see progress from Michael Gallup, and then for Michael Gallup to be nothing today. Right. You know, he gives you very little. That shows you, again, why T.Y. Hilton and Odell Beckham have been yep. brought into the mix. Because I don't know if they fully trust Michael Gallup to – to be you know, really, you know, uh, hitting on all cylinders. On defense, we have Leighton uh, Van Der Esch out with a bit of a neck injury. We know that's problematic. Dorrance Armstrong going down. Right. And Micah, my, I thought Micah was pretty good today, honestly. And he, uh, I think he did have one sack. Yep. But I got a theory on Micah, and I don't know if I was telling you guys this or someone else. I – I do fear because now that Mike has had made comments about you know things are a little weird, a little different now that he's playing edge rusher. It reminds me a little bit, and I apologize to all the Cowboys fans who, who get tired of me doing this. This has, this has potential to be like a Clay Matthews type thing. Clay Matthews was a linebacker who ended up being drafted to play linebacker, ended up being a three four type you know uh, edge rusher, and he wore down really quick because that's how they used him all the time. And you don't and have the body size like those guys, you know, and, and it, yeah. I completely agree with you. You have the body size of a linebacker, but you're taking on all of that. And so I think that's also part of the plan of why they haven't, you know, or they've been hesitant to be like, you're just a DN because the beating those guys take, uh, it's, it's, you can, I mean, it's pretty obvious. If you watch the Cowboys all season, that it's pretty obvious that Micah Parsons has taken some serious wear and tear on his body. But if that means Sam Williams has to play more and Micah can play a little less to get him ready, you know, like, then I'm, let's do that. You know, like, I was thinking, oh, it's the, kind of the same head coach. And that's kind of why I brought that that theory. It's a little different, but it's just like the Clay Matthews thing was very interesting to me. Same thing. And then also, the the need to be in a game when you're up by 28 points. You know, they were doing Clay Matthews. I was like, get him out of the game. You're up by four scores. But yeah, that's a whole different thing and probably a bigger topic for down the road. This uh, Eagles game on Christmas Eve has way less intrigue now. Um, it really, really pretty much like you're a wildcard team. Uh, so there's a lot of ways you can handle this going forward. I, I, I don't know how soon you can start uh, doing this, but if I'm the Cowboys and if I'm Mike McCarthy, I would, and I think he will do this as just whatever it takes to get the team as healthy as possible going into uh, going into the playoffs. You, you really can't play the game right now where you can mix and match and try to set up a, a seeding. I think you'll just try to be the five seed, which is most likely what will happen. But that probably leads you to Tampa Bay. I guess it's possible that could lead you to New Orleans or Atlanta or even Carolina, but that's just – it's we all know it's probably going to lead you to Tampa Bay. I think McCarthy could handle this the way – that he handles training camp kind of like let's make sure that everyone is as healthy as possible. But yeah, but I don't know, man. Like, can you really go into the playoffs right now with the way the offense is playing, particularly in the passing game? Like, I feel like he's going to want Dak to be out there throwing to Odell Beckham. I'm kidding. Uh, throwing to T.Y. Well, Hilton, throwing to no, I well, hey, I didn't want to go there, but I mean, if what's up there right now, okay, when when will those reps even happen? He ain't going to be ready for another three, four weeks at least. So I'm talking about in the next, I'm talking about the rest of the regular season. I'm talking about rest of the regular season practice, rest, rest of the regular season games. I think he's going to want, you know, Mike McCarthy's going to want T.Y. Hilton out there getting some reps with Dak and, you know, some of these other guys. Um, and who knows, maybe maybe that, that'll work out and that'll be a huge boost. But 
maybe it'll be like James Washington where we know he's active, but you really don't see very much from him. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think anybody can tell you right now what kind of impact is going to be made there. I saw today, Noah Brown, I saw today, Noah Brown get elevated to the number two receiver on the team. So <laughs> yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know what's kind of weird, though, for me in the big picture is that I don't know that I see the Cowboys terribly too different in the NFC pecking order than I did before this game. Like, as much as, like, we talked, like, I mean, I thought Philadelphia was better. I thought 49ers were probably a little bit better, like, they are going to give you a tough thing, and then I thought it was the Cowboys. And I don't know that it's really changed too much for me on that front. Like, I think, like we talked about with if you have to go to Tampa, I feel less confident about that. And by the way, at, at the time of this recording – like Tampa's kicking Cincinnati's ass right now. So, um, you know, there's definitely some concern. Um, but I think, like you know, if, like w- one big win over the Eagles next week and, you know, things kind of things kind of simmer back down a little bit. So, like, you know, if you if you go out and beat the Philadelphia Eagles when they're playing for the division on your home turf, like, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think after next week is when I, I might start changing, like kind of where they fall in the pecking order of the NFC. But Right now, it's just a little bit more just self-team concern. Well, yeah, no, and I have the right to change after I watch that game, too. But as we sit here today, after watching the game that I watched, I, there's a bigger gap between the Cowboys and Eagles than there was when I showed up to the stadium today. And I yeah. also think, even with Brock Purdy, that the Niners are better than the Cowboys. And I didn't necessarily think that when I showed up to the stadium today. So, yes, I agree with you in terms of the pecking order if we're just ranking where the teams are at. Yes, but still within where those rankings are. The gap to get is to growing, Arizona, yeah. yes, to get to Arizona, you're probably going to have to go through both those teams, or at least one of them for sure. Um, I just think that that those teams are better right now, and I did not think when I showed up today that I was going to feel that way, and I certainly didn't think that in at halftime, and you know, probably even in, into the third quarter. Um, but you're right. No, believe me, they can go out and play one of their best games of the year uh, on Saturday night. And a lot of this will be forgotten. But as we sit here right now today, this is a very concerning loss to me. And and I tweeted out and I'm interested to hear what you guys think. What's their worst loss this year? To me, it's this one. Yeah, I think it's this one. Yeah. No, no. Uh, this it is just a, worked with a, it worked with a Twitter poll because they give you four options. They have four. Losses. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's this one, but it's less because of it's, it's just because you were up 27 to 10. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, like if you just lost this game and it was a tight one all the way. Well, Jacksonville's been playing well. And quite frankly, Jacksonville's probably going to make the playoffs. Right. Like, I, I feel like they've got enough in them to go make the playoffs. Maybe, maybe, maybe they don't get past a Tennessee or something like that. But 
So, like, that was something I was kind of thinking about. It's like, it's not all four, worse all than... four losses all against good quarterbacks, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers. Well, this is where we go to, to when you mess around with the Colts team, who was clearly bad. Right. And that game was tight. What? With 10 minutes left in the game? 15. Well, really, for the fourth quarter, that game was tight. Uh, the Texans. And then this game. So that's where that's where you kind of start. If you want to start combining some things, big picture, all you lost today was the fact that you're not going to have that chance to go beat Philadelphia. That game means something, and you go get the one seed. That's what the big pic, uh, picture of all this is. So, honestly, this team was always going to have to go in three road games to go to the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. statistically, what does that mean? That means you probably weren't going to go to the Super Bowl. So You know, Mike McCarthy is going to be bringing that one up a lot. He mentioned it after the game. You know, hey, I've been, I've been, I've been the one seed, got my ass kicked, but then I've been. I think he well, said they. Yeah, I think they were the five seed the year they won Super Bowl. Is that right? I think they were was. six. They, they were six. six. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And they were so, hammered by injuries. By yeah. the way, and, and, so and they shouldn't have yeah. made it. They they only made it because Deshaun Jackson returned a punt um, against uh, the Giants. Yep, that's the only reason they got in the playoffs. Blame okay? the punter. Yep. Oh my God. And another, another um, thing, people will bring up too, because there is some relevancy to it is with the DAC interceptions, let's not act like Stafford didn't throw a ton of interceptions last year as, and the Rams still won the yeah. Super Bowl. So that's not the end. I'll be all there. And I get that. I'm just saying that having watched this Cowboys team since 2011, covering it professionally, I just, they're after they, okay. After they blew up Minnesota, I was like, Ooh, there's something different here. Like they're on, they're on something different. And and there was times last year where I bought in on that. And then I saw the Niners game and I was like, eh, no, just, that was fool's gold. No, that, that wasn't really what you thought when they beat the 49. I mean, when they beat Minnesota in Minnesota and then that way that they just turned it on against the Colts in that fourth quarter, I was like, yeah, no, this team's different. This team's different. But then when I saw today, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if they really are different. Yeah, good, I, good team. Hey, they're making the playoffs back to back. They'll make playoffs back to back years, back to back double double digit win seasons. These are things that haven't happened around here in a long time. So I get it, and that's very very respectful. But at, let's let's be honest. The whole crew, from what they've have on offense, what they have on defense throughout the entire coaching staff, it's put together for them to make a Super Bowl run. It's not to be, hey guys, you see that back to back double digit win seasons? Like that's not what the job is. The job is to win the whole thing. And as I say here today. I don't like their chances to win the whole thing. Yeah, I, well, John, do you think it's win the whole thing, or do you think if they get to the NFC title game, for example, like that's, you know, for, for where this team has been, do you, I mean, wouldn't that kind of be considered a pretty successful season for this team? Uh, Yeah, no, it would be, sure. Yeah, I think so. Did you talk to Jerry after the game, John, or did he conveniently no, slip out the back no, this time? conveniently slipped know. out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on that one? It's a little odd. A little odd. Always a little odd. For a cornerback. You know how that Jacksonville airport gets, though, John. I mean, you you need to get out of there quickly. You don't want to deal with that Jacksonville yeah. airport traffic. Oh, it is fun. Yeah, I'm having a blast. Get Richard Sherman on the phone. I don't think he'll be joining the Cowboys. I, I know we're about to leave. I'll say this one, one thing. They didn't run the ball, like, incredibly well today. Um and it, we've talked about before how, like, how the Cowboys probably want to. It seems like got in that zone where they kind of wanted to maybe throw the ball a little less than they were running it. 
They didn't run the ball more than they passed today, and I was looking at it and kind of going, well, every time we're running the ball, and specifically they kept pointing out on the TV broadcast, you, you can notice it over time, you get used to it, how they kept doing a trips bunch, okay, away from the formation, way spread out wide, okay, three wide receivers out here, and then just running the ball a lot and using that. And to me, it didn't do much. And I don't know if that was just some kind of new wrinkle for this game, this week's game plan, that type of thing. But I was like, man, I don't care if, you know, he ended up, he ends up with two interceptions, but he would have been one interception if we didn't go to overtime. I thought this was a game where they kind of could have aired it out a little bit more. And I know it's easy to say after a loss directly, Dak was 23 of 30. But if you look at it, I, all game long, I thought they were putting themselves in some bad situations because they were kind of heavy running the ball. In fact, you got a third down opportunity in overtime as that drive was moving because you get like a second and four, and I think they handed it off and something like that. And then put yourself in a third and four situation. Nitpicking here, nitpicking, of course. The way this team goes to the Super Bowl is if your quarterback goes on a heater, which is the same way McCarthy won his first ring. His quarterback went on a heater in the playoffs. And this is right and now. I don't know if he has the arsenal to do that, and that's the that's the issue. Yeah, their quarterback is not on a heater right now, and so is that going to no. all of a sudden get kickstarted with a, a good game against the Eagles? I don't know, maybe. What kind of momentum are they going to have now? The that's Eagles, my big that's thing. This. That'd be like the only momentum. The only the only way they have momentum is if they beat the Eagles by like forty, right? No, if, they so if it's the close Eagles. and they they beat no, the Eagles thirty eight thirty seven, does is no, that momentum? Still, no, no, no. That would be yeah. They would they would be. Absolutely. I think Philadelphia is the best team in the NFL right now. So if, if you were yeah. to beat them at all, no matter how you do, it could be overtime, whatever. I think, no, I think okay. that would be huge. That's fair. I just think you could beat Philadelphia. That's great. And that definitely means a lot more if you win today, right? And that you've lost today. Yeah. Okay. So you, that's great. We got some momentum, but you still have two more games. And at that point, those two games won't really, uh, or probably would not affect your playoff seeding. It could yep. now, I guess. Well, and they're not, <laughs> and they're not, well, I mean, yeah, I guess Tennessee, whatever, but I don't look at those teams as being close to the same level that Philadelphia is. A win over Philadelphia, I just think that that, that does a good job of making you look back at this loss, Packers loss, some of the, you know, as really, like, hey, that just, you know what? There's ups and downs in the one. season, yeah. whatever, and, and and they can overcome it, and they can play well, and maybe they play. Answer it. And maybe they and maybe they play to their opponents, you know, and maybe that's a factor in it too. I mean, we'll find that out Saturday. Maybe that's you know, maybe they'll play their best because they're coming off of this. So I don't know, but I'm just going off of when we're recording this podcast today. We'll talk more about that during the week. But as we record this today, this was the most concerning loss of the season, and it's coming at the middle of December. That's. I personally don't think this is a good time for that to be happening. And with all the messaging that Mike McCarthy has done since he's been their head coach and I've covered the team and talking about how the best ball needs to be played in December, yes. ramp up. Yes. And we always, this is the way we're all, we're all building yep. it for, whether it be injury wise, the way the team's playing, that doesn't look like the best ball being played out there today. Sorry. No. And uh, well, you're going to be hurt then too, entering the playoffs. If you attack, if you attack it that way too, that would be my counter. By the <laughs> way, Real quick before before we uh, before we bounce, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know you all probably saw this stat: zero for twenty against NFC opponents in their last twenty. The longest streak in NFL history against the opposite conference. Wow! Um, yeah, the Cowboys broke that streak. That's because so. everyone's gunning for the Cowboys. <laughs> their side, we all know this. 
Yeah. All That's right, guys, I'm going to run. <laughs> All right, here John. Is, here is beautiful TIAA Bank. Oh, my God. Beautiful Duval County. Look, look at her. Duval. <laughs> Gorgeous. Were you able to see her? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys. All right. See you, they got that Blake Bortles statue out front. Really <laughs> nice. Well, uh, we'll be back later in the week. Uh, I'm going out of town for a couple of days. Kent, can we, let's do some on-air producing. Are we free Wednesday night? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll record the evening. next pod Wednesday night. Yes, afternoon, exactly. evening. Okay, that sounds cool. We'll we'll figure that out and we'll get you ready for a Christmas Eve Cowboys and Eagles affair that should at least you know be a game that happens on a field. What happens from there? I mean, who knows? Um, maybe Odell Beckham's a cowboy by then. You never know. Hopefully. Do you think that's the push Jerry needed was a loss? I don't know. We'll send you out with some Fleetwood Mac for Saad Youssef, for Father John Mashoda, for producer Kent Garrison. I'm Kevin K.T. Turner. We'll let Stevie take you home. That escalated quickly. It jumped up a notch.